Hi, everybody. Welcome to That's Life, where not only do we love our work, but we also love the people we work with. And that is pretty lucky. Good morning, folks. Thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison. She went a little bit long, so we're going to try and keep ourselves tight to get back on schedule as per Avrami, but he's rolling his eyes because he doesn't think I can do it. All right. All right, let's see how it goes. Coming to you from the home of the Nachum Siegel Network on the beautiful Lower East Side of Manhattan, Boker Tov Avram. Boker Tov. Nice new glasses. Uh, thank you very much. I got them uh, courtesy of listener Chaim, who's always tuned in from Baltimore and his shop Unique Optique. So thank you, Chaim, for making me get that compliment on the air. Yeah, thank you, Chaim. Yeah, that is an updated Avrami. It looks good. Yeah, first new glasses in eight years. <laughs> All right. You know, you seriously don't have commitment issues, so may you and your glasses have a very, very long-lasting relationship. If you are a new listener to the show, thank you for taking a break from your day to tune in. If you are if you are a returning listener, thanks, as always, for making us part of your day. Follow us on Twitter, Nachum Siegel Net, one word, Miriam L. Wallach. Also, all one word, my thanks to Jamie for organizing paint night last night for our Nachum Siegel Network team event. Avrami, I'm sorry you weren't there. Um, it was, I am as well. It looked it, like everyone had a great time. We really, really did. It's um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to work together with people that you like to see after work. And that's the kind of team that we have at the network. And frankly, working for Nachum Siegel is really just as much fun as it appears. So it was a good time. My shout out to Bernard also. He was our master artist. Yes, you follow a master artist. He stands at the front of the room and tries to control a room of oversized adolescents, otherwise known as this team. And at one point, he commented of Rummy. He said, um, wow, you guys had so much energy and personality. I'm like, buddy, this is a room full of personalities, like both literally and figuratively heckling each other from other sides of the room. It was really it was really a good time. Looked like ZK was having a good time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so happy we have so many pictures of ZK smiling. There's actual evidence. ZK and Mark both smiling at the same place, not together in the same picture. All right, let's not push it. But uh, it was really... It was really a lot of fun. And then we took one canvas to do like a handprint thing of everyone. So Nahum went first. And everybody was like, there's no more room. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> and by the way, you know what else was fun? I got to DJ. Yeah, I did. Was that okay? <laughs> it was okay. Everyone loved it. Jamie, how great was my music? See? Jamie's giving me props. You know why? Because you can't go wrong with the police. That's right. You can't go wrong with the police. Today is Global Hand Washing Day, which I still have paint on my hands, so I'll be taking part in that. It's also the uh, I Love Lucy Day. So, uh, yeah, that's not bad. It's National Grouch Day. We will not be participating in that. Nash, not you. National. I'm representing today. <laughs> Thank you. you. That's why we're keeping the mic off for you. National Cake Decorating Day and um, also a bunch of other things going on that we could talk about. But, frankly, I want to get to my interview because I'm incredibly excited to invite and to welcome Bethany Mandel to the show. She is uh, a both a stay-at-home mom and a writer. Her new piece that came out just a couple of days ago called Guns and Moses. And of course, I, I like channeled my mother for a second because instead of putting the N when I posted it, I wrote the word and. So I wrote Guns and Moses, which, you know, aged me a little <laughs> bit. Yeah, sorry about that. Good morning, Bethany. How are you? I am well. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And um, as I as I had mentioned to you yesterday when we spoke briefly and when we uh, messaged each other beginning at the I think it was on Tuesday. I really loved the piece, and I have to tell you why. I'm going to begin by telling you that basically you wrote my story. <laughs> and and you wrote my story, and it hasn't even happened yet. And I'll tell you what I mean. Mayor Fertig, who's a very good friend of ours and, and, a, and a major influence here at the network, has been asking me for years to go with him to a shooting range. And I, as a liberal, until recently 
could not fathom picking up a firearm in my hand. And I told him years ago that the day I finally decide to go, I'm going to write about it. So as soon as I read your piece, I was like, wow, this is the unfolding of the story that I have always wanted to tell but never had the guts. So tell me what made you go to the range for the first time in your life on Sunday? Um, so I'm in the middle of applying for a gun permit in New Jersey, which is not nearly as easy as many liberals will have you think. It's a really long and somewhat expensive process, and I'm actually going to get fingerprinted later this afternoon. Um, I So I'm a writer, and I get death threats because that's the state of politics in America in wow. 2015. If someone writes something that you don't like, you send them or their children death threats. Um, so my I wrote a piece about um, transgender teenagers in bathrooms, um, basically saying, you can hear my kids in the background, uh, basically saying, like, I, I don't care what uh, someone calls themselves. I don't think a biological 14-year-old should be in a, in a women's locker room with other 14-year-old girls. So I wrote that piece. And a young woman who um, seemed to have some serious psychological issues sent my seven-month-old son death threats. <gasps> yeah. So Ugh. I <laughs> um, called her father. <laughs> wow. And I was like, if I don't feel like you've taken care of this, I will be going to the FBI, just so you know. And um, for the next, like, probably two nights, I pulled my two babies into bed with me, my seven-month-old and my almost two-year-old, and I just laid there, like, what if what if she gets... She, she seems like she's sort of okay, but what if she gets high on mushrooms and, like, breaks into my house with a knife? Like, what oh am I going to do? And I'm just laying there sort of freaking out about the fact that I had no way to protect my family if this psychologically disturbed young woman broke into my house. Um, and she was sending me messages like, I'm picturing your son um, covered in blood, and I'm going to put hexes on him, and I'm going to make sure that that you, like, will pay for what you've done, and really just unbalanced, crazy things. I am shaking. I am yeah. shaking yeah. in the studio. Really scary messages to come to after Shabbat. Um, right. in, on your Facebook. Um, so I, I had received a few death threats prior, or um, not also death threats, but also just like sort of scary messages from unbalanced people. Um, I, I'm a victim of Rabbi Freundel, and I wrote a piece about it, and a woman um, sent me like really angry messages um, that I wasn't angry or his wife. Um, and sort of like really unbalanced messages to send to the victim of a sexual crime. Right. Um, so I reported that to the police, and the police called her and, and had a nice conversation with her. Um, so it's like far from my first rodeo with a crazy person, and it was like my last rodeo with a crazy person before I was just like, you want to know what? If one of these psychos break into my house, I need to be able to protect my kids, and I need to be able to protect my family. Wow. Um, so I, I went to the police station, and they are like, what is this, like, mom of, like, two babies coming in here, like, walking in here, like, trying to get a gun? Like, right. what? This is so weird. You don't fit the bill. No, no. And so they said, like, you know, you don't really seem like a gun person, so you should probably go to the range and get familiar with how to shoot. Um, and they recommended a range in Woodland Park, um, which is like northern New Jersey. Um, and I went. 
And I signed up for a, a basic pistol class. It was like $185. And it was four hours long. And the first three hours were just like, this is a gun. These are the parts of a gun. This is how you legally transport a gun in New Jersey. This is how you spend years in prison if you don't <laughs> transport it properly. Um, and, and at the end of it, the last hour or so, they let you shoot. So it was my first time shooting a gun. Um, but I grew up with guns in my house, so I at least like had touched a gun and seen a gun, but I had never actually shot one until Sunday. Right, and you had also been the beneficiary as a child of having a gun in the home and therefore mm-hmm. completely understood that when you, as a parent, are sitting there terrified at night wondering how yeah. you're going to protect your child, you've already known that having a gun is advantageous. Yeah, yeah. My, my parents, they said they, would, they said they were hunters, but my parents really just sort of like sat in the woods and got high and happened <laughs> to have guns in their laps. Um, but they, I always grew up with guns because my, my parents were like quote-unquote hunters. They never shot it. I don't even think it was loaded half the time. Um, which like was probably a good thing because they were getting high. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, when my dad left when I was um, was two or three, the town I was living in went um, got dangerous very quickly. Um, so my mom was in the process of selling our house, but in the meantime, um, we we still had to live in it. We couldn't afford to just vacate. Um, so when I was a kid, I would sleep with the windows open, and it was the only open window in the house. And a Mexican gang. Um, was break was doing break-ins, and so they put a ladder up to my window, and as soon as the ladder hit, I started screaming. And by the time the guy was to the top of the ladder, my mom was in my room with a shotgun, and she he got to the top of the stairs, and she said, "Bethany, if you don't leave the room, or I think she said, Bethany, leave the room. I don't want you to get brain matter on your face." Okay. <laughs> 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 and she she cocked the gun and pointed it at his head and, like, just sort of looked at him. <laughs> and he wow. started screaming at her in Spanish and cursing at her and saying she was crazy. Right. And she was like, that's okay. the guy who was breaking into my house. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and he started running down the ladder, and she grabbed the ladder when he was halfway down, and she said, if I ever see you again, I'm not going to wait before I shoot your head off. Wow. And we sold the house not too long after. I imagine. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were <laughs> thankfully able to sell it at, at a pretty big loss, but we were able to sell it. He didn't buy it, um, did he? Because that would be a crazy irony to the story. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But, um, but yeah, so we, I, my mom was like very, very, very liberal. Um, but that was the one sort of like conservative thing about her was that she was very much in love with her gun. <laughs> And it's funny because as somebody who also grew up in a liberal home and a person who considered herself a, a, I don't want to say. Considered past tense or considered? Oh, no, past tense. I I changed parties last summer and I could not be happier. Yes, thank you. Exactly. I almost made a kiddish. I was this close. Uh, (laughs) I, um, yes, in as, as many of our listeners know and what I had posted through social media is that as a result of our State Department and our president's mm-hmm. pathetic and um, inexcusable mm-hmm. response to the kidnapping and murder of the three boys, mm-hmm. I, cha- yeah. I changed parties. 
Um, I was probably a dino, a Democrat in name only for a while, but then this was it. I was done. So well, I bet you're you're pretty glad about that right now with everything that's going on. I know on what the State Department is doing now. Oh, are you? Yeah. I mean, I could not. And I and what's funny, and I don't I don't want to get too much off topic because I definitely want to talk about the piece a little bit more. But I now question, what do I do next? Like I've already changed parties. I'm already <laughs> looking forward to voting Republican, and I joke about all the benefits of now being a Republican. Um, but like, what is my, what is my recourse now that I have made as a citizen, the most public statement I could make and the fact that I left a party I really felt a part of for years until they turned on my country. So I, I'm very much at a, at a crossroads. Like, I don't know what my next step is, but, but what's, but just to go back to my liberal, my liberal upbringing and my feeling about guns in the home is that while my husband as an attorney and as a landlord and as a Hatsala member could get could get a permit um, and we could have a gun in the home in our home. And there are I actually had a guest for Rosh Hashanah who looked at me and I live in the five towns and she looked at me and she said, you know, there is an epidemic of people with guns in their homes. And I looked at her like incredulously and I said, really? That's great. And um, and while it's a personal decision, I find myself like you at a place where, yeah, you know what? It's not such a bad idea anymore. And it shocks me as somebody who saw herself as a liberal, who grew up with a liberal. And God, I hope my mother's not listening. But I I I really I hear it. You know, I hear it right now. Yeah, I mean, especially, I mean, this is like sort of going back to the piece, but especially as, as, a, as a Jew, it's yep. becoming more and more important to, um, to be prepared. Right. You, speak, um, you spoke about Ben Carson. You mentioned him in the piece. And while his comment about, you know, Jews, if they had been armed, would have basically been able to save themselves from, from Hitler is a little bit, you know, left of the... It's a little too far. Right. It's a little bit left of the equator, shall we say. But, um, but the reality is that, yeah, it is a Second Amendment right that Jews if anybody should appreciate. So are we getting to the point where, yeah, I joke all the time that a good Jew has an updated passport, like you just can't be without an updated passport. Do you think we're getting to the point where Jews are looking at each other saying updated passport and gun permit? Um, I mean, Jews in America, I don't think we need to have an updated passport quite yet. Um, I think it's nice. I think it's nice to be able to go and support our our brothers and sisters in Israel and um and to give them our tourism money. Um, but in the rest of the world, for sure. I mean, unfortunately, um, and I touch on this in my piece, unfortunately, we're the only Jews in the world that really have the easiest access to guns. I mean, can you imagine what um, what people would do in, um, in France for guns? Right. I don't know what it, I don't know what the requirements are in Paris. I mean, I don't, I couldn't even obviously speak in the first person. Oh, like, when when first responders came to Charlie Hebdo, the um, the police didn't have a gun. <laughs> they wow. they rode up on their bicycles and fled. Wow, I didn't even. I, I don't think I appreciated the detail of that story. I did not. <laughs> that is. So, Everyday citizens definitely don't have access to them. That's unbelievable. And then you hear these stories and you see these pictures on Facebook now when we talk about the parameters uh, around which Israeli citizens, you know, go through a tremendous amount of background background check yeah. to get a yeah. gun. And that is a that and Israel is a country that certainly, if you want to put it in American terms, um, exercises its Second Amendment rights. And, and God bless that. 
Uh, yeah. But women are arming themselves with rolling pins. And I know. And, I know. and it's and a friend of mine who lives in Ramape Chemish told me that she now goes to the supermarket with one of her kitchen knives in her pocketbook. That's so scary. I mean, I have a girlfriend who, I mean, we all have these stories. Right. We all have so many friends in Israel. One of my girlfriends is um, is pregnant, and she said she was Googling, like, a scab-proof vest for her toddler. Ugh. I mean, I, I can't imagine. And she's, like, thinking, like, and I, what about my unborn child? Like, <laughs> there's just, there's no limit to who they're willing to, to stab. I mean, they would, they would maybe see her as a bonus. Right. Pregnant and a, and a Jewish woman, it's two for one. Right, the the present and, and the present and the future. Bethany Mandel joins us today on That's Life. She is a writer and stay at home mom. She is the author of Guns and Moses, which was printed in the New York Post on October thirteenth. The New York Post, which I will say has certainly become the paper of record, as we see in New York, that other papers. Uh, which uh, have established themselves, had established themselves as uh, reputable, no longer continue to be. And I, I thank the New York Post for its true and effective and honest reporting of the situation in Israel. And and my God, I mean, I will I will say that there were times during the Anthony Weiner scandal that I did open up the paper on the front steps to make sure I could bring it in the house. I didn't <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure what the headline was going to be, but but it st- makes it even better. Right. Exactly. It's a little bit of a are we taking the straight to work newspaper or are we bring it in the kitchen first? Um, right, right. Right. But um, but it's staunch support of Israel is certainly, certainly noteworthy and, and commendable and. And it's incredible. You know, the USA Today also had a piece on the same day that your piece came out called Glocker Mom. Other settlers carry guns and during amid Palestinian violence. All right. So let's move the settler word away. But the picture of this woman who's that accompanies this article, who's who's carrying a Glock. You know, this Israeli woman who's beautiful and has her child and is like a young, vibrant woman. I imagine Mm -hmm. that she is the same kind of person that when the when they when you walked into the police station to talk about a gun, they probably, you know, it's the same kind of situation. Like you want to carry a Glock like. Yeah. But I mean, it's the last sort of person that you would anticipate. But really, I mean, it's funny, like my my local police department were shocked when I walked in. Um, But. The when I when I took my shooting rage course, they said like I they I filled out the paperwork and I said I'm a stay at home mom and and they were like yeah we we get these for sure <laughs> like you are not alone and did you um, s- and you noted also that there were a number of obviously other from people Orthodox people who were in the class with you other an uh, an Orthodox instructor in a class nearby so there mm-hmm. so there is certainly a Jewish presence an Orthodox presence I mean it is New Jersey. Okay. Yeah. Right. But yeah, and it's northern New Jersey. But still, I mean, I've I've had a couple of friends on my case for a year and a half, two years. Like, come to the range with me. Come to the range with me. And and they they go to this range, and they said like, you know, people people are um, there's more there's more yarmulkes than there are Confederate flag hats. Unbelievable. And I saw both. I saw a Confederate. I saw a, a, apparently a doctor in a Confederate flag hat. And I was like, I'm sorry, this is New Jersey. I'm not sure if you're aware. <laughs> did it make you, <laughs> did it, did holding the, the firearm, holding the medal in your hand for the first time and then firing off the weapon and then you leaving, for, you leaving the range, did, did it make you feel like you were empowered? Did it make you want to go back? Did it, did, or did it turn you away and say, you know what, I got it out of my system and I'm not doing it again? So it was scary. Um, it was, um, it's not nearly as easy as I thought it would be. I like, I've, I left feeling like I had, 
had gone had done a workout, like a serious arms workout. It was wow. it's a heavy piece of equipment, and um, and despite the fact that I, I hold babies all day long, um, <laughs> right. I don't hold them at like a ninety degree angle. <laughs> um, so it was like holding my arms at ninety degree angle, and then feeling like the the sort of kickback of the gun. Um, I like I left, and I was like massaging my shoulders and like bending my arms and like the whole way home I was like man I really wish I didn't have to drive home my arms are really sore wow. um but I um it, it wasn't fun hmm. <laughs> I like I was scared and and you could see and I talked about it with my instructor the um I, I shot a revolver and I shot a semi-automatic and the semi-automatic um takes more effort to to pull the trigger and it takes longer to pull the trigger and you could, and he took a video of me shooting because um, I I was not nearly as accurate with the semi-automatic, and he took a video of me shooting, and it was because I was flinching before wow. I took every shot with wow. the semi-automatic, and I was flinching also with the revolver, but I had at least shot it by the time I flinched because it was so easy to shoot. It was just a just a sort of a tap, and <laughs> I, I shot. So my my shots with the revolver were quite accurate because um, I was able to shoot before my flinch. Um, and he, he took a video of me shooting without a bullet in the chamber, and I didn't know that there was a bullet in the chamber. And I, I really, you could see the flinch pretty, pretty noticeably in the video. Wow. Um, so, I, like, it wasn't fun, and I didn't love doing it at all. Um, and I, I'm not, like, crazy eager to go back and go shooting again, except that I do plan on having a gun in the house. And if, God forbid, I need to use it, I need to know how to use it. Right. Um, and so that sort of showed me that um, that I do need to go back and become more proficient um, to be a responsible gun owner. Rights have responsibilities. Yeah, that is absolutely. that is that is a very important lesson to remember. Bethany, I thank you very much for joining me. Unfortunately, we are out of time, though. Lord knows I need to give you two hours next time because we could just schmooze. <laughs> that would be that would be a lot of fun. But I thank you again. The piece is called Guns and Moses. You can find it in the New York Post. You can actually Google it and make sure do not write and. Don't be me. Don't be me. Apostrophe N and then an apostrophe. But you can also find it on my Facebook page. And I've tweeted it out as well. Bethany, thank you very, very much. Keep writing. Beautiful. Thank you so much. My absolute pleasure. You've been listening to That's Life here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm Miriam L. Wallach. We're going to pull up the music in the background because I am committed to... There we go. You hear it? That's it. It's a little bit of light, folks. It's of Ramel. I'm committed to ending at 11 o'clock, even if Rummy is dancing in his seat to the music. I'm going to avert my eyes. Let's go through the lineup for the rest of the day. You know what to expect, what to look forward to, and what not to miss. Full afternoon of programming right after That's Life. It's the live lunch hosted by Nahum. You'll be in the studio in just a few moments. At 1 o'clock, stunt show. Mark Zamek is in the house. Mark will host a WYUR retrospective from his days back in college. We'll be joined by members of the team, including, but not limited to, Jack Abramowitz, Robbie Zeitz, and the great Nahum Siegel. Throwback Thursday from October 22nd, 2003 with Yussi Green and Ohad. It was basically Ohad's introduction to the JM and the AM world. Seven to eight, an hour of Jewish soul with Charlie Bernhardt. Tomorrow morning, Nahum Siegel hosts JM and the AM live here on the stream, NahumSiegel.com. Weekly update at 7.40 in the morning with Malcolm Holmline. Do not miss a moment, and I do not need to explain why. Naomi Nachman, tomorrow morning, table for 2, 9 a.m. This Friday, Naomi hosts 
Uh, Linda Reed, author of Which Fork Do I Use? A book about being the perfect host and hostess. Also by phone, Linda Sadaka from Moms on a Mitzvah. She's running a challah bake-off for the Shabbos Project in Brooklyn. And joining her in the studio as well, joining Naomi, I should say, is Mark Bodzin, who organized a private, a kosher private run of Vermont cheddar cheese at Shelbourne Farm Farms. Also speaking would be head cheesemaker at Shelbourne, uh, Kate Turcott, I hope I got that right, and New York, New Jersey journalist Elizabeth Krantz, who brought this all to Naomi's attention. Uh, Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull, Mutze, Shabbos, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 p.m. Renowned Speaker y- Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson hosts Eternal Flame, 11 p.m. David Lichtenstein hosts Headlines, and Sunday Morning J.M. Sunday with Matis from 7 to 9. I leave you today with light by Avramel because in the midst of all this insanity and horror in Israel, we have people who are cranking out songs and dancing on buses and waving their flags and learning Torah in the exact places where these attacks took place. Why? Because that is the light in the darkness. My love to those in the land I love. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. away with a stick no 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 that won't do let in the light just a little bit and you'll see the darkness go no darkness you don't chase away